Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Last Take, uh, episode number four of the summer. Um, we're just meetings because we got a lot of news uh, relating to Big Ten Media Day. Uh, the preseason poll came out. There's some other Husker news and all that stuff um, with uh, suspensions and alleged gambling. Um, that's a little concerning. And then also we will finish off with uh, predicting our starters for week one against Minnesota. Um, so yeah, we'll get right into it. Tommy Frazier, he is easily above Cam Newton. I, I highly doubt that. And Nebraska finally beat the Iowa Hawkeyes. Two players to watch. I have Casey Thompson and Anthony Grant. All-time wins-wise, we are still probably easily the best teams. How about that block punt there? That was highlight of the game for me. I mean, their safeties could not handle our receivers. That atmosphere can get pretty loud. Oh boy, where do you even get started? This is the last take. Last Thursday and or Wednesday and Thursday, uh, Big Ten Media Day, Media Days occurred in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, Matt Rule talked on Thursday. Um, he had a lot of good things to say. I mean, I I told Blake uh, <laughs> that he's two and zero, and he hasn't even play, he hasn't even coached a game yet here at Nebraska. He's just a really good talker, knows how to answer questions, and he really showed a really good um idea or ideal season. I mean, or just in, uh, f- for the future, actually, um, how he wants this team to be uh, rebuilt, I guess, or reloaded. It's not really a rebuild, but um, so you can, I guess, you can start, Blake. Uh, you can talk about what your thoughts were with Matt Rule. Well, I have two main things. One, we had an opening statement this year, so we weren't clowned on. You know, yeah, last year was I was riding off the high of getting a lot of transfer in. You know, having a top ten transfer class, and I thought, okay. You know, Scott Frost has got his contract restructured, got these new coaches in there. Um, and then you had a big time media days and we just slammed flat in our nose of, all right, let's get going. But yeah. of course, Matt Rule is a uber professional. So, you know, he was going to make sure things were right. But uh, my main thing was one of the weirdest questions I think I've ever heard in a press conference. Well, actually, that's not true. I've press conferences, you think that you have a lot of esteemed journalists in there. And like, if I was, I got to think about like what, what I would ask if I was in their position. Right. You know, cause I, hopefully right. that's what I'm going to be in a few years, you know? And the thing is, is you got to know how to answer, have a short enough question or just a long enough question, but you got to get the point across. You can't lose somebody. And if I was in Matt rules position for this question, I, I don't know what I'd do because I don't know if, I don't know what I'd respond with, but of course, Matt Rule had a perfectly crafted answer. I don't know if any of you guys listening uh, caught it. It was this uh, Wisconsin um, media member, I don't know, um, asked about this shooting that happened 24 hours before a game and just talked after, about the team. It was it was the day after. It was a uh, parade incident. A uh, SUV drove into an mm-hmm. uh, ongoing um, parade and ended up uh, unfortunately killing a few kids i'm pretty sure so yeah during a lot and of and it's just one of those questions where like it's something that happened long ago to where like it doesn't relate to stuff now and it's it gets taken as a joke because i saw uh, quite a few funny things on twitter um you definitely see it in uh, my my like tweets if you scroll back far enough um just comparing things like hey we're playing michigan state uh, Matt Rule, how's the Flint water situation? That's practically what they're asking. Like, it, yeah, I understand somewhat of the point of it, but you cannot ask something that has literally nothing to do with Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. Like, you can ask him keeping Hutcher tra- traditions now and what new traditions and, you know, how to bond the team. 
But I just got to amend Matt Rule, you know, because like you said, Dylan, he went 2-0 and after this press conference, even before the season started. And that was because how he answered this freaking question. I don't know how you do that, where he talks about yeah. the Boy Scouts and how he was growing up and making sure that the kids on the team have strong moral values and, yeah. you know, just a lot of like the different issues with our generation today um, that players deal with that older people don't necessarily know. And insane props to Matt rule right there. And that's really what most have to say, because, you know, I, I love big Ten media days going into it because, you know, it's kind of just like your first shot of like pure adrenaline of the coaches from their words and everything like that kind of get a stack of kind of eye and the other teams, but you know, Really, the press conferences for like each spot is not that long. You only get like what fifteen minutes. I'm pretty sure, or something like that. You get about. They have like as long as they need, but or like so you got your opening statement typically, and mm-hmm. then you got the fifteen minutes of questioning, and then yeah, so got to stay on schedule because there are yeah. fourteen teams, fourteen co- uh, seven actually. I guess there was only seven, but like the point is, is just to keep to keep things running so they're not there all day. Yeah, and I definitely thought some of the questions could have been better. Um, looking at hearing different media day questions, um, there are some good ones in the Big 12. Um, I can't think off the top of my head, but it, right. I was thinking of using it as a di- discussion question. Um, and it's just that, like during Big 10 media days, obviously you got, you know, the fun joke questions, which I'm fine with, you know, but really a lot of them seem pretty redundant. But then again, Matt Rule, I feel like, talks more than a lot of other coaches. Like, he will be out there if you need him to be um, and talk about things. And so, really, I didn't hear anything special um, that I didn't really already know. So, yeah. Right. I was really, I was really, really impressed. And, you know, leading up to us, I was so excited because we know how good he did in his introduction in, uh, introduction by uh, Trev Alberts and all that ceremony back in November. But – I mean, it was just nuts waiting up for this. And then just the imperfect, like his opening statement wasn't anything like extravagant, like uh, good old uh, PJ Fleck. You know, he had to be, uh, I don't know if I told you this. I don't know if you see, you probably seen it on Twitter, but he's yes. like, PJ Fleck feeling elite. Yeah, I'm it's feeling like, elite. It's what, so, what like, that you I don't even know what that means, but you know, no. Matt doesn't need to do that. I mean, he's just, no. he knows what to say. And the one thing I really took out of it was when he was talking about, like, he was asked, like, how, what's his goal for, like, year one or something like that. And, or, like, just his overall goal. And he was talking about how Nebraska was feared. I mean, back when our parents were growing up, I mean, they, we were feared when you see, when he, he said, like, when you saw the white helmets with the red N on it, they were feared. You were, the teams were feared or they were, uh, we were feared basically. Mm -hmm. And to be feared, you have to be respected. And he wants to gain that respect back from uh, opposing teams. Regardless, if we win or lose, he wants to, like, make sure, like, these teams we play, like Michigan, like, make them think, oh, shoot, this wasn't easy. Like, it's not an easy win. I mean, or even for – and then we win. I mean, we manhandle a team or just, like, outright dominate a team. You got to put the fear back into the opposing teams, so – I mean, I really, I, I really thought that was the best thing I, I seen, uh, from him, and he's like we, we've seen before. Matt Rule is an amazing talker, and he has an awesome vision where he wants this team to be, even this year. I mean, 
we know Matt Rule. I mean, his past in college football, his year ones haven't been, you know, the greatest, but also at Temple, not the greatest team and not in the best conference in the world. And then you have – and then he got that team back into contend – or getting the conference championships um, in year three and four. And then he goes to Baylor, who was nearly – people were saying they should have been in the death penalty. Yep. And – he turned around that team and I mean, they started one and 11, but you know, they turned that team around and if he didn't hadn't left for the, uh, the NFL, I mean, that Baylor team could have easily been national champion contenders in year four and five mm-hmm. if he didn't uh, leave for Carolina, but you know, Matt rule, he's not an NFL coach. We know that, but you know, who's not an NFL coach too? Nick Saban yeah. and look how good, and it didn't work for Nick Saban in the NFL and look how good he is now. Like I don't I don't remember how many national championships, but a lot. So and he's considered one of the best coaches of all time. So I'm not saying I'm not comparing Matt Rule to Nick Saban, but just the point is some coaches are not NFL coaches and they're just fit for the college game. And I'm just really excited to see uh for um year one. It's just around the corner, thirty day or a week three weeks away. So yeah. Um you have any thoughts from I don't know did you see anything else from the other teams I not much really I didn't watch the beginning on Thursday and I didn't really watch Wednesday either so yeah no I was just gonna wait till afterwards to just kind of digest what everything was saying and you know I'm reading this uh Omaha World Herald article and it says Northwestern embarrasses Big Ten with lack of response to hazing allegations and you know it's the tough questions weren't really asked as much as I thought they'd be. And it's kind of a shame on the big 10 because for such an esteemed um, conference, you know, academically wise, and people always make fun of Nebraska, the, the N is for knowledge, you know, and we get a lot of disrespect for that, but yet one of your top academic schools has an issue in the athletic world. You don't really hear much about it. And it's just, it's just kind of that same situation that's happened through, and I'm, I'm a little disappointed at that, especially compared to some other, um, you know, conferences, media days. They were – people were not afraid to ask tough questions. So I, I'm i a little disappointed in that. I don't really know what I'd say should be done instead, but you you sometimes I feel like maybe as a reporter, you, you just got to have to ask a tough question, you know. And I know I touched on it earlier with P.J. Fleck. I watched that once because he was right before Matt Rule – or. Uh, he was before Ryan Walters for Purdue, but I mean, PJ Fleck, I mean, he's going into seventh year and he's kind of, I, I don't, I'm not really the biggest fan of PJ Fleck. I know a lot of yeah, are not big fans of him on Twitter I mean, you can see it all day. I mean, that's Husker Twitter though, but I mean, it's kind of, you know, some, some coaches are just not as good at, you know, these, the press conferences, like even Luke fickle, he didn't have the greatest um, energy or anything like, uh, for his press, uh, presser, but you know, it's kind of tough to follow up how good Matt rule did, but especially with, with, I'm just, I was just kind of surprised with Luke fickle because, you know, Wisconsin, I mean, they're, we'll get into a little bit in a little bit, but I mean, they're predicted to win the West. I mean, it's according to the media, and I don't know how that team's going to be. I mean, we could talk about this another time, but just 
I don't know how that, you know, the offensive scheme is going to fit in. And I'm not saying it's going to be the same, but like Purdue, I mean, the past few years, they have had a more, they had a more passing offense and they only made one big 10 championship or they only won the West once. But again, this is the last year of the division. So it's kind of irrelevant at this point, but I'm just, I'm just interested to see how it goes. And um, I don't know with Northwestern, I didn't watch that press conference because I was at work, but it's just um, interesting. Who knows mm. where this, you know, where the conference is going to be at the end of the year. But, um, and then, you know, recently Michigan with Jim Harbaugh getting suspended for four games, perfect amount, just to come back for Lincoln Mm -hmm. the game in Lincoln so but he can't really talk he couldn't talk too much about it but um yeah do you have any other thoughts nope I think it's a great uh moving on to the next portion of the show yeah we can segue into this uh the uh geez preseason poll uh the media preseason poll um I'll pull it up here but um hold up I'll edit this out. Yep. Yep. See it? Uh, oh. Nope. Still no. Still don't see it. There we go. There we go. All right. So the pre uh, the Big Ten preseason media poll came out uh, right before media day. Uh, so I guess we can start off right away. It can list off the their um their poll or picks for the east division so michigan is that number one no surprise there with highest amount of uh, first place votes with 27 ohio state in second penn state in third the typical top three maryland's fourth michigan state fifth Rutgers six indiana seven um yeah it's kind of expected i mean this is my on i think this is what it's probably going to be maybe maybe michigan state and maryland flip but I, the bottom two and the top three are pretty much expected. And, um, but yeah, do you have any thoughts on the East? Well, just that, you know, 27 first place votes over eight first place votes for Ohio state. That's pretty crazy. Um, in my opinion, I, I still think, um, it's not fair, especially since Ohio state didn't make the playoffs last year. I mean, they made the 14 playoffs, um, in in a situation where um, they haven't been guaranteed that recently with Michigan being so good. And so I think eight first-place votes, I think that's a – could have gave maybe a few more. I don't know. I just see 27 first-place votes. That's pretty crazy. I mean, I know Michigan will be good. And I'm going yeah, mean, to continuously doubt Michigan for a little while um, until they, you know, completely go crazy because, I mean – you know, Jim Harbaugh's bowl record is terrible. It's one of the worst bowl records in history. I, I just found that out. I, I forgot what his record is, but if he loses another one, um, he'll be tied for the worst uh, bowl record. Yeah, which is insane history. to think about with how successful Michigan has been in the past two years. So I I still think there's some hesitancy until they win a playoff game. Um, when they can make it to the national championship, then give them a lot of first-place votes like that. But, you know, Ohio State, when they're just in the playoffs – um, granted, you know, they lost a lot of people, but yeah, I, I just still think that's a lot of first place votes for Michigan. Yeah. I mean, Michigan, that, that is a lot of first place votes, but with Michigan, they're returning all of their biggest contributors like JJ McCarthy, who's the Heisman candidate, uh, 
Donovan Edwards, Blake Corum. They have all those guys back. They have a really good defense. They got Ernest Hausman from Nebraska who broke out a little bit. Kind of mm-hmm. sucks that he went to, of course, um, Michigan. Could have been a better school, but yeah, um, I'm a little petty about that. But, you know, but the team's really good. I mean, I think they're better than Ohio State, but we'll see. We, we won't know until week 13. So, or week 14, uh, rivalry week. So, who knows? Penn State three. I mean, Penn State sneaky, two first place votes. That makes sense. Not anything too crazy, but, but, and then the rest of it, like I said, I mean, some of them can flip. Maybe Rutgers somehow has a fourth place finish. I doubt it, but you never know. Um, but yeah, so we can move on to the West Division. This one is the one that's kind of a little that can, uh, that could be, ruffle some feathers and stuff but Wisconsin got first place with no surprise honestly uh, with 233 points with 21st place votes Iowa and second only one point but they had less first place votes uh, Minnesota with only one first place vote and then Illinois the Huskers Purdue and Northwestern um, and last I'm not surprised about the bottom two and I can understand with Nebraska being at fives because there's a lot of questions. I, you know, trying That's to be the problem unbiased. With... The yeah, unbiased I opinion, I can understand why, but I personally think we'll be better than fifth. But, mm-hmm. again, that is also a biased opinion. So, go ahead, Blake. Yeah, you know, that's the problem with – it just sucks with Nebraska being so bad recently. It's like we should have those good years. You know, like even, you know, Mike Riley was able to put us in some competitiveness and – Obviously, Bo Pelini, you know, with those good years and where you could actually make a case for Nebraska. Um, but now, you know, it's just that we don't – no one respects us enough to where, of course, you're just going to put us in fifth place. I think Illinois, their their season is going to blow up in their face. I think last year was kind of a standout. I'm not sold on Brett Bielema yet. Um, but I'd say – I mean, points-wise, that's only, you know, one point difference was uh, differential between Wisconsin and Iowa. Um, and that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. I honestly think Iowa should be the number one bet just simply because they're, I think they're the safest bet um, with, with um, a lot of their players getting more experience, you know, having a young line last year, I will say that for them, they had a very young line and an experience line. Um, and I don't think they get worse. Um, I just don't like how Wisconsin, it's easy to assume that they'll be number one. Like Luke Fickle is a great hire. I'm not going to, say that as as much as as much as i will try to always downplay it a bit um but luke fickle is a great hire i just don't see how you can go from consistency seeing it from the nebraska side and not saying mike riley is a comparison to um luke fickle but it's just hard to assume that they're just will have the guaranteed success especially when they're changing up their offensive style you know so I, I really don't know. I, I don't think it's just easy to assume that Wisconsin is going to be the number one team there. I I think you got to have at least one struggle year in there. I, I do. Nebraska, I don't think would have a – I mean, six wins, that would be a struggle year for Wisconsin, you know. For Nebraska necessarily, it, it wouldn't be. But I, I just think that you got to have at least the, either this year or next year, Wisconsin is going to have a struggle year somewhere. I just don't see how it's guaranteed to just be immediate success. I mean – only a few coaches have been able to just do that. And right. I, I think that sometimes it's actually harder in a position where your team 
you know, was mediocre last year, not great. Um, and to turn him into something above that, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I don't like how it's just easy to assume Wisconsin is going to be number one up there, but really other than that, I, 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 I can't complain about the list. It's, it seems about right. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, there's all, this division is so, so wide open this year. I think the top, all six team, top six teams in this division all probably have a chance. I mean, mm-hmm. Purdue, I, I'm a little hesitant with, but because, just with they the made it last year. offensive scheme difference and moving from more of an offensive-minded head coach to a defensive. But remember, Ryan Walters was a defensive coordinator at Illinois, who Illinois had the number one scoring defense in the country last year. And with Illinois, I know you were saying I offensively, they're going to have some issues, but defensively, they should be good. They're returning a lot of their highest contributors from last year. So, I mean, Illinois could be a sneaky team. A lot of people are thinking they might win the West. But I really think, realistically, the top four to five in this division probably will all have a chance. I'm like I said though, I'm a little hesitant with Purdue, but I think they, I mean they're a sneaky team. I mean you you don't want to have them playing the best they can when you play them because I mean they're bringing in Hudson Card like we we were discussing last last time. I mean Hudson Card's a good quarterback, but um. Yeah, uh, my opinion, I don't really like Wisconsin being at one, but again, I'm not surprised because Wisconsin's always picked to win the division, and yeah. lately they haven't. I, th- I can't tell you the last time. I forgot the last time they won the division. It's, it's been a bit, but Iowa at second. I mean, I'd probably flip Wisconsin and Iowa. I just think as much as I hate it, Iowa's probably going to win the division because they just seem like they're the most complete team out of, out of everything's because they don't have any changes really um but again will the offense will their offense play up to s- standards i mean are they yeah the- will will brian ference actually do different play calls to make sure they get their point total because that is the oddest contract adjustment i've ever seen in my life yeah and i don't even know how that's going to work in an actual game in my yeah. opinion i think i think he'll just ignore it but yeah can Cade i don't know if Cade mcnamara mcnamara can make a, such a big difference. I mean, I, the defense obviously is going to be really, really good. That's a pretty much a standard every year. It's just can that offense really get going? And I'm not a hundred. I'm not, you know, hundred percent sure with that. I mean, Minnesota. I mean, they're even having their own issues. I mean, they lost their uh, four years, five year starter. I think something like that. Tanner Morgan, they lost Mohammed Ibrahim. I mean, they lost a lot of their key contributors on offense, but I don't know with them, they're, they're going through their own issues. So who knows how good Minnesota is going to be? I already discussed Illinois. We already know everything with Nebraska. So, I mean, who knows with this vision, but yeah, I think the only difference I'd change I'd make is Iowa at one, because I just feel like they're better than with Wisconsin because Wisconsin they're they're gonna struggle. I at least the first few games. I mean, changing from a really heavy run game to more of an air raid style offense is gonna be a big big change in how this division is gonna be because the past. I mean, this the West division is always really been decided on Smash Mouth football and running the ball and all that and cold weather. That's just how the Big Ten is, but. Who knows? But yeah, that's all I have for the preseason poll. If you don't have anything else, no. 
All right, so we will be right back and we're going to talk about uh, the realignment. Welcome back to the last take. Uh, we're going to talk about realignment. Um, since last time we recorded, um, good old Colorado Buffaloes uh, announced they are moving to the Big 12. Uh, they're fleeing the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 is about to implode with USC and UCLA officially moving to the Big 10 um, next year. That's already been confirmed. But um, what's you have any uh, thoughts on with Colorado moving to the Big 12? I mean, there's a lot of things with that, but you, you know, just money wise is my first thing is what I'm thinking of and how quickly the Pac-12 went from a formidable conference. Cause you know, we've been high on this show. If you look back at our few episodes, you know, I remember um Anthony a while back, he was, you know, really saying that Pac-12 was the best conference. And now you look at it, Pac-12 could disappear within the deck within uh, this decade. Um next and few years. I would next say. few years. I was being generous by saying a uh, decade, <laughs> but uh Cause you know, you never know what's going to happen. It's just, it's, it's hard to get a firm grasp on it. You know, you hear the rumors on, on Twitter and then you hear, Oh, uh, the border regions at, I don't know. Oh, shoot. Was it was Washington? Washington border regions having a special meeting and who knows what the heck that's for. You know, you never know if that's really for a decision, a contract. It's, it's tough to get your head around and understand the situation. Now college football within five years is going to change to be something that we've have never seen it in the entire history of college football, you know, just a few years ago, we thought it was crazy that they were adding playoffs. And now it is crazy that we're going to 12 teams in playoffs and you add more teams, to the big, big 12 and big 10 and uh, uh, sec. And now we might have super conferences. Yep. And here's the one thing though. I will say I'm hesitant to say that it's going to be anything super crazy like this is because I got to think about a few years ago. I don't remember if it was over COVID or not, but in the soccer world, there was going to be a super league, a super league of soccer teams, and how overnight a whole bunch of teams are joining, but yet it never even happened. And that's why I think that we could get to a point where it's going to keep boiling, boiling, boiling up to where we could see, um, you know, things like, all right, there's a super conference coming into play. But at the end of the day, what will the NCAA do about it? Because you know that they'll have an opinion and you know they'll make their rules about it. So that's what it's going to come down to is what will the NCAA think about it? Um, but it's just, again, it's hard to wrap your head around. It. Yeah. Um, I mean, Colorado going to the Big 12, I mean, it makes sense. It's just the lack of a media deal in the Pac-12 that's mm-hmm. really causing yeah. leaving or thinking about leaving because they want their they need some money flow from the conference. I mean – you got to the school's got to earn money somehow, not just from their athletic events or tuition or their athletic departments or whatever. But I mean, media deals are a big part of it. And it's really sucky. Actually, I honestly believe that everything is being decided because of TV. And it sucks, it, it, but it, it's, it's unfortunate. The, it's, the future. it's the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got to live with it. I mean, regardless if we uh, agree with it or not, regardless if we like the 12-team playoff or we want a four-team or an eight-team or whatever, 
it's just the future and we're gonna have to live with it and you know and it's also good like we had some issues like maybe like you know having to play USC or UCLA on the west coast but it's just a good way to get you know money I guess and also just getting some exposure I mean to different markets really help some conferences and unfortunately for the Pac-12 they might not exist in three years so yeah so who knows but um, there's a yesterday there was um, rumors going around Oregon, Washington, Cal, and Stanford are discussing or some Big Ten presidents are discussing uh, um, offering those four teams to join the Big Ten. There's also been rumors with Clemson and Florida State. So in that situation, it'd be Oregon, Washington, Clemson, Florida State, I'm assuming. But it's all hypothetical, hypothetical talk. I mean – we don't know if it's a true or not. This is on Twitter. Who knows yeah. if it's true or not? Can't believe everything you see on. I guess it's X. I guess now, not. Twitter. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not saying <laughs> it. I already already made a shortcut to show my so mine thing uh, stays. It looks like it's still Twitter. Yeah, I have it still uh, labeled as Twitter on mine. So yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna call it X, but no. I mean, point uh, is, it just can't believe everything. But it's it's interesting to talk about because. I mean, as journalism students and as huge sports fans, college football fans, this is what it's going to look like in three years. And it's just, mm-hmm. who knows? But yeah. I agree yeah. with you with the super conferences. It might not even happen. I mean, we might stick with it. Maybe the Pac-12 maybe combines with the Mountain West. I mean. I just think there has to be some type of limit. At some point, mm-hmm. there has to be some type of limit. You, I don't think the NCAA will want a super conference unless they find some way of their way of doing it but i for them i don't i see in my mind a super conference i feel like is kind of like a work around the NCAA a few of their things because you know how bureaucratic they can be with yeah. uh some of the things and so i feel like the super conference is a way of working around some stuff and it, NCAA might not agree with that so they might make some changes but also going back to the tv money thing is that it's reality in all sports you know my favorite sports um have that literally it decides what events they're what events they're going to and you know that tv money it's just unreal and it it really makes a difference yeah i seen i know it's kind of off of football but i seen xfinity is going to be on the cw i think yeah that's wild um yeah it's different i guess so it's one way for the cw but who knows but that's just nascar but with football back going back to football i mean there's a lot of things i mean ACC could go away. I mean, they might yeah. have this too. I mean, it's just it's good for the Big Twelve because everyone thought last summer the Big Twelve is not going to exist anymore. They're gonna they're gonna implode. I mean, yeah, this is gonna go to Kansas, Iowa State are gonna go to the Big Ten or all this stuff. And now look at the Big Twelve. Now they're reloaded with all the uh, American Conference and also um, BYU joining. So I mean, good for them and. You got an old um, original team with Colorado going in the Big 12 officially. So maybe they can get like, you know, Missouri or Texas A&M back. I doubt it, but you never know. So um, that's all I have for realignment. Um, we can move on to other Husker news. So we got some um, interesting stuff. Uh, so I'll start off with this. Brandon Baker officially set his official visit date. Um, at Nebraska, if you guys don't know or a new listener, we've talked about about him 
multiple times. Brandon Baker's the number one offensive tackle in the country. He plays for modern day and um, California. Um, he set it for our first home game, which is a night night game against Northern Illinois. Good game to go to. Wish wish it Colorado was in Lincoln, and then he'd probably go to that, but it's okay. Northern Illinois will be a good first home game for Matt Rule and um, will be good for some high-profile uh, um, recruits to come and visit. Uh, the next thing I got is Miles Farmer got suspended uh, – it was announced that he was suspended on Monday and Matt rule basically said the ball's in his own court and it was an indefinite um, suspension, but um, then he entered the transfer portal yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sucks, but it's his own decision. He did it to himself. Not yeah. much. I, there's not that much I really have on it. It sucks, but we have the depth. I feel like at safety defensive back is one of our better de- positions on the defense at least for depth. And then the last thing was Aaron Uless. Um, If you didn't know, I've uh, seen this over the off season, but Aaron Uless is a former point guard for Iowa. Um, NBA fans, he's the younger brother of Tyler Uless. He played for the Suns, but um, he got charged in a alleged underage gambling probe thing going on in Iowa um, and Iowa state. But, while he got charged for it while he was at Iowa. Um, there's not too much information really out there so far, but it sucks because he was probably our projected point guard, our starting point guard this year. And we're, if he's, he might be banned in playing in college forever. It might, it might be, he might, it might get to that point. It depends how bad it was, but there's a t- talks with like Hunter Decker for, um, Iowa, Iowa State, their starting quarterback last year, when he was the backup in 21, he bet multiple times on his own team. And we don't know if Aaron Euless bet on Iowa. If he did, then that's that's a big no-no. But Yeah, so yeah. I do have some more information from Bleacher Report. Um, he uh, made more than 740 bets before he was 21 years old, totaling to more than $34,000. That's a lot of freaking money. And and this is what kind of gets annoying, right? You got you're doing betting, right? And I don't I don't, even, I don't really have anything against sports betting, right? But the problem is that it's so easy to just get your hands on. You know, I remember earlier or, or last year in the school year, you know, you had that app where you could just be like, I remember during our sports class. Oh, flip. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you can just get on there and just start making sports bets, and it's really that simple. And I I hate to say it, as much as it's a bad thing that they're doing it. But I think it's more people are doing it than, than what people realize. Um, I think it's a way bigger issue, um, especially for kids around our age, you know, just to get involved in it. Um, again, I'm not against sports betting. I, I want right. to say that, but it, it's still a crazy thing. And, you know, it's kind of wild. So, you know, our basketball team is, is over in Spain right now, España. And, Wait, thankfully we won the first game. Um, we won we the second there. one too. We won the second, second one we won too. Yesterday, and Aaron wasn't playing, and it was kind of weird. He actually, didn't remember... make the trip either. He wasn't on the trip. Oh, I thought he was on the trip. Mm-mm, I don't think so. Uh, because be wrong, but... I think he, I think he was on the trip because Hoiberg. You know, people ask him, "Oh, why is he not playing?" And he said, "Oh, he's gonna be out for the year and stuff like that." And 
it was just weird. And I thought that he got in trouble maybe with local law enforcement in Spain because, you know, sometimes when a player gets over there and they do something stupid over in another country, that happens all the time. Um, but it was just very vague comments from Hoiberg. And then the day later, we figured out what it was. And I was like, whoa, the state of Iowa has some gambling issues going on. He, um, okay, so he was – Aaron Euless was on the trip, but he would not play. That's what he, yeah. he said originally. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, interesting. I The one question I do have for for Hoiberg, I, um, I know he can't answer, but how long has Nebraska known about this? Because they said – I know there was some report that they said that they were, like, made aware of it within this time or whatever – but it's like if you're made aware of it, then why are you going through with keeping him there? Because I mean, it to me, it's a waste of money on a scholarship because right. this dude is already betting money away. If you're gonna bet money away, I think you should forfeit your scholarship. I'm gonna be honest. Obviously, it's a big no-no in general, but you know, you can't be given money, you know, through NIL and uh, you know, just through a scholarship, just to potentially wasted away betting. Um, right. Yeah, even when yeah, you're obviously you're under 21. So yeah, crazy situation that I I love this change. Obviously, a player coming over from Iowa, you know, hooray, joining the good side in Nebraska, <laughs> and who could have been a potential starting point guard. That throws a wrench into Hoiberg's plans because I mean he does have a little bit of a younger team, which I'm fine with. Um actually, no, excuse me. That's no, he has a pretty he is a pretty older team uh this year. Yeah, we have a we have a lot of seniors this year. Yeah. Um um, but yeah, just, just throws another wrench into Hoiberg's plan. So yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Do you get anything? I really don't have anything else. So, um, we'll take a small break and we'll come back and we will finish off with our predicted starters for week one against Minnesota. gonna uh, discuss our, our starters for week one against uh minnesota so we can obviously get out the easy one out of the way starting quarterback will be most likely jeff sims a junior transfer from georgia tech as we all know casey thompson transferred to florida atlantic so jeff sims is pretty much our starter and honestly i'm not really surprised even if we had casey thompson i'm sure jeff sims would probably be the starter anyways just the his ability to run and throw it is just by far it's it was just better anyways, but um yeah so I'm assuming you have that as as the same. Uh, I actually have Henry Carberg. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Chuba Purdy, uh, Jack Wosh or what? Uchi. It's Wosh. Apache. Yeah. Uh, starting running back, our uh running back number one. Uh, they announced today it's going to be more uh of a um committee uh running back by committee which but, is fantastic um, i love when, it because we when we did that when we did that last year where we passed around the spot of who was running it and especially you could like that iowa game was when i can understand it where we had multiple running it i feel like that was one of our most successful running games we've had mm-hmm. um and when we have i mean we have three great running backs in my opinion we got ramir johnson anthony grant Gabe Irving Jr., all of those guys can pound the rock if we need to. So, I mean, like, run the damn ball, man. 
Yeah, I think Anthony Grant will probably be running back number one, I'm assuming, because of just because he's a senior and mm. just the seniority and already been at the program for or the starter at least. But um I I personally think running back two will be Gabe Irvin. Um he's gotten massive. I mean he's gotten pretty big over the offseason and he kind of just fits that role. I mean, he had a few touchdowns last year and we seen him at the spring game and he looked really good. So I personally think depending how fall camp goes, but I really think so far he's probably the front runner for at least the second spot, probably at your power back type of player. Cause Anthony Grant's a little more shifty and, but I mean, he can use uh, his own power as well. Um, fullback. It's kind of weird. We haven't really talked about using a fullback in a lot of uh, many years, but fullbacks probably gonna be Janire and Bonner. Um, mm-hmm. he's a tight end, technically speaking. He was recruited as a wide receiver, but he's most likely gonna play fullback because with tight ends, it's kind of it's it's our weakest position on the offense personally, but but we need a fullback if we're gonna be running those type of um sets and stuff. So Janiron Bonner probably is probably the uh front runner for that position. Um wide receivers. Um I personally have wide receiver one is going to be Marcus Washington. He's a senior. He came here from Texas alongside Casey Thompson last year, and he is uh, the most experienced wide receiver on this on the wide receiver staff, other than Billy Kemp. But I have Billy Kemp yeah. here, so he'd be wide receiver one or X. Wide receiver two or Y is personally, in my opinion, Xavier Betts. I personally think. Just with the love he's getting from Matt Rule, it just seems like he's going to be a good number two guy. Put him out on the edge and maybe put him on like we've seen it um, in 2021. You got on some jet sweeps or some options and stuff like that. So I personally think just the speed kills, speed kills. That's Mm -hmm. basically what it is. And then slot, I got Billy Kemp um, transferred from Virginia. He brings in – a good uh, slot receiver type. He's a little smaller, but I feel like he fits he fits the slot the slot position pretty well. Um, and then tight end number one, your boy Thomas Fedoni from Lewis Fedoni. Central. He should be the starter. I I, I wouldn't think uh, what's his name would be the back uh, the starter, but just Fedoni. Uh, Eric Gilbert or or uh, um, Nate Borkacher. Yeah, Borkature, I don't really think he'd be the starter. Uh, and Eric Gilbert, he still doesn't even have his um waiver from the NCAA. So so Thomas Fedoni should be tied We can talk about that actually for a second. Um, because it like one website that I'm looking at, um, our lads has Nate Borkature as a starting tight end. And you know, he, he was the one that got a scholarship, isn't he? He was a walk on that got a scholarship. And uh, I think I know what website you're using, but I think it should be Thomas Fedoni, but he's also still recovering from injury, mm -hmm. pass injury. So Thomas Fedoni, I think on purpose during the spring game, they didn't target him as much because I feel like they might not want to be giving away what they do with the tight end because you got to think we have not necessarily used the tight end as much. I think 2021 is really and last year unless uh, Volkolek was injured, but in 2021, that's when I really noticed we started using the tight end more. Obviously, it's a completely different regime now. But with the way I've looked at it in the past, I I don't think that they wanted to give out all of Thomas Fedoni's secrets yet. And so that's why they tested him early with that one pass that really didn't go anywhere. 
Um, and other than that, yeah, I think Thomas Funny is probably going to start, but I wouldn't count out Nate Borkutcher. I think it's great to see a person, a walk-on turned into a um, scholarship player, and I hope he does well because, I mean, having more tight ends and having a great rotation of tight ends is is fantastic. You can't ask for anything better than that, really. And like I said earlier, it's it's our weakest position probably. I mean, just based off of depth, we don't really have that much. I mean, we have Fedoni and Borkutcher, really. That's it. I mean, unless uh, Rick Gilbert gets his waiver, but, I mean, still that's only three tight ends, so it's kind of limited mm-hmm. on that. But Thomas Fedoni, I think, should be the starter for week one. But like you said, don't count up Borkutcher. Uh, offensive tackles. Teddy Prohaska, he's looking good. He should be back for week one. Um, after two straight years of having season-ending injuries, really sucks because he's such a good player. He's huge, mm-hmm. and he has he has the build to be a very good offensive tackle. It's just staying healthy is a big issue. And then the other on the other side, I'd say Bryce Benhart. He's been talked up by Matt Rule, and he's um he's a veteran from um on this offensive line, and. I just he should get the start. If not, it would be Turner Corcoran. But I'm sure Bryce Benhart, uh, Matt Rule said he he's a future NFL offensive lineman. And so we uh last year we had some thoughts about Bryce Benhart. He made a lot yep. of miss. He missed a lot of things, but I think he's gotten better. I I'm willing yes. to put that aside. You know, it's a, it's a new year. I mean, if he performs bad again, I'm gonna dog on him. But if he doesn't and he plays good then I, obviously I'll give him my full support. And um, another guy that I have a question for you, Dylan, um, is Jacob Hood, you know, the transfer from Georgia. What is his situation like? He's Do injured. we know? He got, he's he injured? Remember he got injured at the spring game? He's been dealing with some knee problems and stuff. Mm, so okay, okay. He he wasn't um, – people were saying he wasn't a present for uh, fan day. So, I mean, he's been injured and I'm sure – and it's kind of yeah. tough, but he's pretty young. He's only a freshman. So it's like, it's not, a, it's not the biggest like hurt really. But um, mm-hmm. the nice thing with offensive line this year, we have some depth. So that should really help. And I think that was our biggest issue last year is just having not, not having the depth. And I mean, Teddy, Teddy Prohaska going out pretty early in the year, it really hurt us. And having Turner Corcoran and Bryce Benhart being this, having to be the only really starters on the offense on the on the tackles and it just kind of sucks when you don't have that depth and knowing that just in case you have somebody behind you but this year it should be better uh center ben scott transferred from arizona state um obviously he should get the start he was brought in for it so and i mean i don't really know anybody else maybe a freshman i don't know i didn't really see anything this this website um, Evans Jenkins, but you know, again, that was who we saw in the spring game a bit, but you know, he was a freshman, uh, yeah. retro freshman. So, I mean, like, I doubt that they're gonna have him go in there. Ben Scott, huge addition for us from, from Arizona State. You can't ask for anything better. We, we wanted more offensive linemen, and we got one that we can at least count on. And Ben Scott, you know, he has countless snaps. So, yeah. Uh, and then they'll round out the offense guards, Ethan Piper. He represented us at media day. I'm sure he'll get the start as a guard. He might even possibly get uh, flexed over to center. Maybe Ben Scott moves over to guard. Who knows? A lot of things get changed in midseason. Mm-hmm. But and then the other guard, I got no Rendon, no Lee, no, no Lee, Lee 
Uh, he should probably get the start. Noelle. Noelle, yeah. After being suspended last year for the whole year, he should get the start, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's what, I, that's what we have for offense. Do you have any um, nope. or anything? That's Yeah, I you know, there are we definitely have some depth at positions you know like the offensive line is something that like i'm i'm confident with our depth and seeing players rotate around and stuff like that and honestly i i'm pretty excited for our o line because you know people thought it was crazy when we kept um Ryola. donovan donovan Raiola. um but really honestly you know he gets he gets another year and he just if he can get our guys better um, then that proves that it was a great decision. And I think Rule obviously liked his mentality. So, I mean, there's a reason why he's on this staff, and um, hopefully it helps the players uh, play their best. I like our QB uh, situation, too. You know, it did mm-hmm. suck losing two, two star- uh, actually two starters from last year from a couple yeah. games. It did suck, but, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. And yeah, we have good depth, too. I think Chubba Purdy, he really improved over the offseason. We always talk. He he watched his brother. How good he is! Yeah. So. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Heinrich Harburg, he's pretty good. And then I don't know much. Yeah, about I I Walsh, think we'll but... definitely see Heinrich Harburg take a few snaps. I'm um, sure those will be some specific sets and stuff like something yep. with the running. He's pretty good at uh, Cut. running the ball. So. Kind of like what Logan Smothers was doing a bit last year before he got put in the starting position. Um, I, I think Heinrich Harburg will come in for those set pieces. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, talk about the people leaving out. I mean, I was a huge supporter of Casey Thompson and Logan Smothers, especially Logan Smothers. Like liked him a lot and thought that he could thrive under this. But I, I do think that I think Chubba Purdy, as much as I dogged him last year, I do think that he can make an improvement. Like I, I think that he or he has made the improvement on in uh, the offseason. So yeah, he's only a sophomore too. So like, yep. there's a lot of room to grow. Um, yeah. So we'll move on to the defensive side of the ball. The black shirts. Oh, yeah. Defensive line, I got Ty Robinson, Principal, Uma Malin, and Elijah Judy probably starting. Um, I per- That's why I personally think uh, Cam Lenhart might make a appearance here, but I just feel like based off experience, Ty Robinson obviously is going to be our starter. Uh, Nash Hutchmeyer might be a starter, or Hutch Marker or something like that. How you say it? Yep. Nash. Marker. Um, He might be a starter. He might start a nose tackle, but I'm sure Ty Robinson will get the nod. But, um, and then Prince Will, I mean, he had a good um, showing at uh, the spring game. I'm pretty sure Elijah Judy did it, did as well. So both were transfers from Texas A&M. Linebackers, uh, MJ Sherman transferred from Georgia. Who's going to be huge this year for us. I'm, I'm sure. I'm really excited for him. I don't know how this defense is going to look. Uh, we're going to be a three-three-five, as if some of you guys don't know. I mean, it's going to be a lot of movement, a lot of chaos, as Luke Reimer called it, chaos. But uh, I'm really excited. Uh, MJ Sherman, I'm sure he's going to come off the edge. He has the speed uh, uh, speed kills, like I said, with Xavier Betts, with speed kills. And uh, Luke Reimer, uh, he's one of former walk-on from North Star High School here in Lincoln. And now he is a, he was a top uh, leading tack. I think he was top three uh, leading tackler in the Big Ten last year, or something like that. He was our leader in tackles, and um, he's very very good. And Nick Henrich, unfortunately, last year ended uh, he had a season-ending injury, and he's back for another year. 
um, and excited. I feel like linebacker is probably our best position on the defense, at least with uh, what we have, I'm assuming. So, and then uh, defensive back, I got DB one is Malcolm Hartzog. He had an incredible uh, first year as a starter. He had the, it all started with that block punt against Indiana and it just kind of exploded. He had uh, three interceptions last year, if I'm correct. He had a, he had the game winning interception against uh, Rutgers. He had an interception against Purdue and he had another one at some point, maybe against Iowa. Um, But he's very, very good. And I'm really excited to see the, how, how can he build off of his 2022 and then uh, DB2, I got Quentin Newsom. I mean, he's been here for a while. Obviously, he probably he's going to get the nod. And then uh, Nickel or DB3, uh, Isaac Gifford, he was a starter at Nickel last year. Kind of makes sense. I mean, basic. And then safety number one, Corey Collier. Uh, he's the transfer from Florida. Uh, okay. And then... This is because of Marquise Buford possibly being out with injury. He's slowly recovering from the season-ending injury last year. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll probably be safety number one or free safety. I don't know how they'll label that with uh, new defense, but um, he was really good last year. He's one of our best players on the defense, um, and it will be nice to have him healthy. If he is injured, I'm assuming it's probably going to be Omar Brown. Um, I don't know what your website says, Blake, but uh, so yeah, it's because like the obviously the positions are a little bit different. Um, so like yeah, Omar Brown is, is the one that it has over here over uh, Corey Collier Jr. But that's granted, that's because Marcus Buford is in at free safety right here. So yeah, it's it's good to see like you got like also uh just to look at depth wise, you know, you got Tommy Hill, you know, who is uh, someone that is not to be overlooked back there, but. Yeah, I I really agree that that with uh with who you have so far, Dylan. Yeah. Um and then safe or special teams, geez, sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to in seeing the kick the uh kicker battle we're gonna have. Yeah, here. really. Tristan Alvano from Westside, he is considered as a five star kicker and Cole's kicking or just a three star, depending on where you look. It doesn't matter really, but um but I think he could possibly could get the starting uh starting kicker job. But I don't know. Timmy Bleak Road, I mean, he had a decent year last year. He had some missed kicks, but it was not the best situations. Like um, I know the one against Georgia Southern to tie the game, that was like a 55 yarder, and he doesn't have the mm-hmm. like the the most power in the world, but who knows? Kick kicker is gonna be interesting. I'm gonna give it to Tristan Alvano. I just feel like if he continues this incredible, like, I mean, we've seen it on the first day. I mean, he drilled a 50 yarder with ease and, mm-hmm. and I, I'm sure that was good from like 65 probably. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure he probably should get the start starting job, uh, place kick or your place kicker or punter, Brian Bushini, obviously. Bushini. Yeah. Uh, FCS punter of the year, two years ago. So, and he's on uh the the punter watch list or something like that. I just saw that that the guy that, which I think? is yeah, it, it's like it's that. a pretty it's a pretty um big accomplishment to be put on that list. Um, and I think 
Brian Buschini is someone who fits in the culture in Nebraska. And that's why I love him so well, because he, you know, he bought in the team, but you know, he's not just a punter, you know, he, he'll make sure that he is with the team, you know, going to practice on 100% and stuff like that. Um, I'm really behind Brian Buschini. And I think that, you know, last year our, our offensive line didn't give him the most help. Um, but this year, um, I think you'll have some good help and a lot of room to nail some punts down there. Yeah. Um, long snapper. It doesn't really matter, but Marco yeah. Ortiz, he was a transfer from uh, Florida. Uh, punt returner. I have the same website, I'm assuming, as you do. Uh, Billy Kemp is probably going to be mm-hmm. our punt returner. And then kick returner, it could be Billy Kemp, Anthony Grant, Tommy Hill. Could be a mix. Who knows? That's yeah. kind of like one of those. It's kind of like a flex in and out kind of type of thing. So yep. you don't really have a distinguished starter probably. So um, that's all I have for our starting lineups. Um, let us know. We can post this on Twitter and uh, let us know what your thoughts are. Um, but yeah, we're going to close this out. So any last thoughts you have, Blake? Well, I think this might be our last summer podcast before we get back into the swing of things. Um, two weeks away. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's coming up fast. Um, you know, I felt like the summer went by slow at first and still going by slow, but um, we're about ready to get back into the swing of things, which means football season, baby. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, as the stress of the today, actually, technically, yeah. got the Hall of Fame game for the NFL. So, yep. As much, um, not many people watch that probably. But. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as this, as the stresses build from classes, I know that um, uh, my schedule, I know, is going to be, you know, always got to stay on top of the stuff. But ready to get back in the swing of things, Dylan. We're going to be back in the studio. Um, and it's going to be fun. I, I hope that we have an even better year. Obviously, we do got the podcast awards to go to, and that'll be fun uh, representing the last take there, um, Dylan and I, and mingling with uh, some other great Husker creators, the ones that we look up to. So, yeah, a lot of big things ahead for us for the last take. Yeah. Um, look out. We'll have a trailer coming out for this upcoming season or, uh, I guess, semester uh, mm-hmm. for us. So we'll have that out here soon. And um just look out. We'll let you know what our upcoming plans are on Twitter. I'm sure. So, yep. yeah. So, signing off for me and Blake. This is has this has been the last take. Um, follow us on Twitter, uh, and Instagram. Um, and of course, we'll be uh, this will be posted um wherever you get your uh, podcast: Spotify, Apple, Amazon, iHeartRadio. I believe I, I'm not 100 percent on that, but and so- I believe on Mars you can listen on Mars too. We just uh. <laughs> Yeah, we talked to Elon and um Yeah, we talked yeah, we yeah, Elon hooked us up. The aliens that the that the government has can now listen to us on Spotify. Yeah. So um yeah, so uh thanks for I don't listening. really know how you end it after that. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how to, but uh yeah, thanks for listening and uh share us with your friends and family and um yeah, go big red. Yeah.